Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. This morning in this uh, next message of Thy Kingdom Come, and if you have not been here for any of that, you can get the podcast or go onto our YouTube channel, have a look at them there. But we've been speaking about Thy Kingdom Come. And this morning I want to talk to you about who do you think you are? Uh, the business of DNA testing for tracing your ancestry. So not the medical testing of your DNA that some of us might have had, but just the business of DNA testing for discovering your makeup is tipped to top. Now, I was astounded at this. I thought it might have been in the tens of millions of dollars. But this year, it's tipped to top 19 billion dollars around the world. That's 19 billion with a B, 19 billion dollars of people that are saying, I really want to know who I am. I want to get some perspective on my makeup and where I come from. And so they take a little DNA swab and send it off. And then it comes back and it tells them a little bit about their ancestry. And I understand it because I would love personally to get Trevor Todd. Some of us here know Trev. Uh, Wouldn't it be amazing if Trevor Todd's DNA testing came back and said, 15% Viking. Because that would finally make sense of his of his axe and knife collection, which he really does have. Uh, Wouldn't that be fascinating? Like if they did DNA testing on me and discovered that I came from that nation of Paternius Comedius, dad joke nation, and uh, that would make sense of some of my obsession with dad jokes. Or better still, if they did it for my wife Rhonda and said, what is the source of that beautiful uh, olive complexion that you have that my kids have all inherited and my grandkids? Uh, that'd be nice to find out because we all think maybe it's the, because she's from Scottish and English stock, we think, and I've been to Scotland and nobody there looks like them. Uh, They reckon it was the invasion of the Moors, I don't know. What I do know is this, that every single one of us want to know where we've come from. Colossians 1 verse 13 says this, Who has, and speaking about Jesus, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Now, every one of us, when we read that, we do what we think in English is the the explanation of that. So we go to kingdom is a place. And by that, I mean the kingdom of Tonga, for instance, is in a place. Everybody knows the kingdom of Tonga is in Tonga. Huh? The kingdom of Tonga is not in Mexico. We go to the kingdom of Tonga. You can look on a map and go, there's the kingdom of Tonga. We can say it sits in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and we understand that. 
But when it comes to the kingdom of God, this word here, kingdom, actually the first meaning given of it, if you look up a concordance, is this word royalty. And so I could read Colossians 1.13 like this and be perfectly authentic to the original language. He has translated us into the royalty of His dear Son. It's more a state than a place. And we need to understand when we speak about the kingdom that God just doesn't change your destination, but God changes your constitution. He just doesn't change where you are going. It's not just about when I die, I'm gonna go to heaven. It's not just I've got a final destination, but I've got a change in my makeup, in my constitution. So when He translated me out of the power of darkness and into the royalty of His dear Son, a new line begins to flow through my life. I like the way First uh, Peter 1 puts it in verse 23. It says, your new life is not like your old life. Not just because you behave differently, follow on. Your old birth, your original one, the one that made you human, came from mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living Word. Just think, a life conceived by God Himself. So those of us that are born again, followers of Christ, those of us that are saved, going to heaven when we die, have a lot more than a destination to look forward to, but we have a new life that's occurred in every single one of us. That means, folks, this morning, that you and I have a new DNA in our life. We've got a new DNA. I know lots of you here are gonna go, well, I already knew that. But can I ask you to take it out of the theology basket for a minute and bring it into the your life basket? Can I ask you to download a little bit this morning? What does it mean for you that instead of just the life you need, a continuation with Jesus plugged in like some kind of accessory, like some kind of new garment that you put on. But can I ask you to think, what would it be like if your fundamental DNA changed? Now, believe it or not, science is already at it. Uh, it's called gene editing where they believe that for certain conditions, they're going to be able to, they're not quite there, but they're gonna be able to take out the old genetic imprint that left you like you were and plug in a new one. Interestingly though, I watched a Scientific American video just this week where their spokesperson says, explain the difference between, I don't wanna bore you, this is not a science lesson, but the difference between DNA and genes and chromosomes. How many people wanna know that? Go look it up yourself. Um, I haven't got the time to explain it. I just want to make sure what I was telling you today was not uh, just simply biblically accurate, but factually accurate from a scientific point of view. And he said this, he said, this is what happens and we have no idea how or why. I thought, well, there you go. They still haven't figured it out. But God knows that your DNA is who you are. Now, let me say this to you this morning. Identity 
is not the same as identify with. Identity is not the same as identify with. Now, I just asked these guys up in, in CG land in the tech crew, if you could get this up. So if you can show this video, uh, I don't, I'm not a bit better prepared, but I, I just wanted to show this one. We, here it is. This is 23 jersey, got the latest version of Air Jordans and you were out there and you were going to be like Mike. Here was the problem. You could identify with Mike, but you were never going to be Mike. As a little, I love the guy there that tried doing the behind the, through the legs thing and he's going to do the lap and instead of that it rolls down his back. And I looked at that and I thought, now I didn't know they took a photo of me while I was playing. I played a lot of pickup games where guys would have the stuff and all of the gear and they'd have the sweatband, they'd have the wristband with 23 on it, they'd have all the gear and everything else and they identified with, but identifying with is not your identity. Truth is, take off the number 23, you're still a shrimpy little white guy. Huh? How many people identify with Pavarotti? And when you sing in the shower, you think you, are, you sound amazing. But what you don't know is that the dog sits outside, go, ooh. See, one's who you are and the other one is just your aspiration of what you want to be like. One's appearance and the other one is truth. And the reality is that DNA or identity always wins out in the end. I've seen some of those plastic surgery shows where people go, I wanna be like my idol. So I'm gonna get plastic surgery till I look like them. But the best they ever are is a pathetic copy of an original and they never become truly who they are. Imagine spending all your life pretending you're something you're not. Because identity always wins out in the end. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, you didn't know that the Bible spoke like this, did you? But it does. It says, Beloved, now we are. Everyone say, we are. We are the children of God. We are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. We shall be like Him, not in appearance, 
but a DNA shift spiritually has happened in our life. And so the DNA of heaven now comes and lives inside of us. We have got the DNA of saints, even though we've been raised in the culture of sinners. Think about that a minute. That's why even at the beginning of Colossians, Paul writes to the saints that are at Colossae. To the saints, he writes in most of the epistles. He begins them off and you would think that if you get called a saint, it must mean somehow or other you've got it all together. You've arrived. See, we think of it as a destination. God says it's not a destination, it's a construction. It's not a, I'm gonna get there. It's rather far more than that. It's a change in who I am. It's not a change of identify with. Listen to me, Christianity is not you taking on a new appearance. But there is inside of you a fundamental shift. And I know some of you today go, Jeff, well, it hasn't taken, the graft isn't there yet. Can I say to you, if you have asked Jesus to be Lord and Saviour of your life, regardless of where you are on the journey, of how perfect you are, how unperfect you are, how far you are from what you think you ought to be, the DNA change, the transfer of DNA has already taken place. Because God wrote in the beginning of Colossians to the saints, Colossians 1.13, who has translated us. But what you don't read if you, if you have never gone and read Colossians chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4 and chapter 5, if you go on and read the rest of the book, you'll discover all the things He starts uh, rebuking them and challenging them about. He says, aren't you aware? And it all comes out of this, that there's something fundamentally shifted in your life. Let me read Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. I'll give you an example of it. He's writing to these people called saints. He's writing to these people who have been translated into the royalty of His dear Son. Look at what He says to them. Come on, are you here with me this morning? Because we've got to bust up this silly notion that Christians are only real Christians that God will listen to if they've got it all together. I'm telling you today, the DNA switch has already taken place. The DNA challenge has already been there. So put to death, he says to the saints, the sinful earthly things lurking within you. But I thought I was a saint. He says, actually, the DNA change, the gene editing has taken place, but you've got to do something now. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy because a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world. And because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now's the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behaviour and slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. He doesn't say put on a new behaviour. He doesn't say, come on, clean up your act and start looking like a Christian. Because God's not interested in you identifying with he says, I've given you a new identity. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. 
Not look like him, but become like him. Did you know that your DNA determines your boundaries and your potential? No matter how hard I would have trained, I never would have been able to become a champion jockey. I could have fasted till I was turned sideways and become invisible. But I'm pretty sure those tiny little stirrups, can you imagine? Me sitting in a tiny little saddle, my, my butt's bigger than, well, I don't want to go there. It's just bigger than that saddle, that's all. And my, I would have had, what was it I was on? I was on, I was on a scooter once. With, uh, and someone said to me, you look like a stick insect on a skateboard. <laughs> but, you know, I just rebuked them for their lack of charity and grace and said, come on. Here's the deal. No matter how hard I would have trained, I would never have been able to become a champion jockey because it's the wrong arrangement of DNA in my genes to be a jockey. My DNA, my makeup genetically determines my boundaries and my potential in large measure. Now you've got a new DNA that changes everything in your life. That's why I said a couple of weeks ago, the old boundaries no longer apply. Are you with me here? My greatest concern is never that uh, people won't come to Christ, it's that they'll come to Christ and park with self as being the limit to their life that they'll come to Christ and never dream an amazing dream, never believe in the impossible, never ask God for something outrageous, never dare to lift our heart to heaven and say, God, I know it's crazy, but I'm asking you for it anyway. That they'll never ever say, God, what could you make out of my life if I surrender it all to you? You know, when I gave my life to Jesus, I remember I actually said these words. I said, God, you will have everything of Jeff Woodward there is to have. And all I've tried to do in the last however many years that is, all I've tried to do is keep that one simple promise. God, what can I give to you? Because see, He's changed my DNA and I have now a different thing. So shyness doesn't belong anymore because I've got a new DNA. I've got the DNA of hope inside of my life. It's just came into my life. Listen to me. I've seen this hundreds and thousands of times where people give their life to Jesus and all of a sudden everything shifts. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says this. I pray that God, the source of hope. Think about that a minute. God doesn't say hope comes out of your circumstance. Hope comes out of how other people treat you. It says that God's the source of hope. And God is that one that hope comes from, that He'll fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you'll overflow with confident hope. Why? Because hope is now in your DNA. Christians naturally expect great things. How many of you here never ever prayed an outrageous prayer before you came to Jesus? Apart from, oh God, if you're there, please hear me. And then you come to Jesus and all of a sudden you're asking God to heal the sick. You're asking God to get you a job even though you're not qualified. You're asking God to help you with your family, even though you go, but I was the one who screwed it up. You know, God, I'm sorry for what I did back there, but God, I'm asking you to intervene supernaturally. God, would you open a door? It's no wonder that we pray like that. And I'm sorry for you if you come to church and go, these people are all on drugs. 
All I'd say is, dispense them out, brother. I'd just say, can I lie? I remember my dad said to me once, God bless him. My father said to me once, he said, you know the trouble with you Pentecostals? He said, you go to church for a top up. I remember when he said it to me and I went, and? What's bad about that? You pull yourself up to the table every day to bring some sustenance into your life. No wonder I want to be a part of church like this. No wonder I want to be a church, but part of worship. I could, I could worship at home, but it's never the same. Huh? I, I could download a podcast and listen to whoever preach and maybe 10 times better than the one in front of you. But I tell you what, it's never the same as when I'm in amongst the community of believers and there's something happening because there's a new DNA inside of my life, the DNA of hope. No wonder Christians endure stuff. I was praying with a man this week who's in hospital. And, you know, I don't know what they're saying medically about where he's at, but I'm listening to this guy tell me about how he said, you know, he said, I feel the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about my future and about the years that lie ahead. And I'm listening to that going, wow, how cool is that? Huh? See, that when you get born again, there's a new DNA that just starts jiggling around inside of you. And all of a sudden, you that have had straight hair all your life, spiritually speaking, you get curly hair. You go, woo. No more expensive perms. Do people still get perms? Is perming still a thing? I wouldn't know. I haven't had one. Actually, I did once, didn't I? I did once. What a look that was. Right up there with Michael Battersby's mullet. Wish I had a photo of that. I've got the DNA of hope. It's no wonder that it's easier to hope. It doesn't mean you don't get down. It doesn't mean you don't struggle with some things. But I'll tell you what, over and over again, I see Christians go through whatever they go through and come out the other side and say there's a DNA that's different. You've got the DNA of love in your life now. Because the Bible says in 1 John 4 verse 16 that God is love. God doesn't have love. It's not His action. It's who He is. And so no wonder... I've seen this again and again. People give their life to Christ and without anyone preaching to them, without anyone instructing them, without anyone trying to obligate them, they come up and start saying, how do I serve? How do I help and bless other people? Why? Because it's in our DNA. Last night at the volunteer celebration, we heard from the man who said, you know, I always told the Lord if I ever lost my job, I'd volunteer. So he turns up to volunteer at Hope now. I don't know what his job situation is, but I do know that he says it's enriched his life. Why? Because there's a new DNA. Hello, you here? And I know I'm singing to the choir. I'm singing to the most committed volunteer church that I've ever heard of. Uh, literally, so many people here that are stepping up. 50% of our church is serving inside the church. And that's not counting people that serve in things outside of the church. But I challenged our team this week. I said, I know that's better than the, than the national averages or the international ones. But God does not satisfy with 50%. So let's not satisfy either. Because according to the Bible, He's after 100%. Amen. Every Christian going, it's in my DNA to bless. Say, how can I find a way? And for many of us, that won't be in an organised ministry. It'll be you'll walk past somebody. 
and just say, I want to encourage them. I want to bless them. I want to say something. I want to write something. I want to invest in somehow or other. So of course, we're going to receive an offering for the bushfire appeal. Why? I don't know those people. What about all the millions that everybody else has raised that go, who cares what everybody else is doing? It's in our DNA to be a blessing. So we just will. Amen. It's in our DNA. The third one is we've got the DNA of faith. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Jesus is the author and the developer of our faith. It comes from Him. So no wonder. Listen, can I just pause a little minute and say, I'm really a bit tired of all the skies falling. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk about any particular issues. I just feel like our world is being saturated with doom and gloom and God, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and the whole thing's about to go. And I read my Bible and it says to me that God is in control, that Jesus is on the throne. He's still seated at the right hand of the Father and there's nothing that's moved Him one inch sideways. He's not down on His knees begging to God, saying, oh God, please don't let it fall apart. Oh God, the church. Oh God, the people. Oh God, the community. Oh God, the governments. He's just sitting up there going, I'm just waiting. Because he knows the end of it is his enemies get made his footstool. Amen. Right now, Jesus is just sitting resting his feet on his other foot. But he's looking down there going, oh, let's see all those problems. Mm. I'm just going to put my foot on them. He's just waiting. He's been waiting a while. But of course we've got faith and confidence in the future. Of course we believe the promises of God. It's in our DNA. Let me finish by saying this. Who you think you are is incredibly important. I know some people that have had that DNA testing and they go and they go, ah, now it makes sense. Now I know why I love pasta. <laughs> Tino has done a DNA test and discovered he's 100% Italian. <laughs> Sicilian, I beg your pardon, how dare I? How dare I confuse Italian and Sicilian? Because <laughs> he knows people. Uh, And you know, lots of us have never given one thought to the new birth's origins and the new birth's implications in our life and where they go for us. If heaven's put new DNA inside of you, don't you think that that is going to change the way you do life? It's going to inform your perspectives. But wait, I've saved the best little tidbit to last. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, speaking again about this thing called thy kingdom come. Says this, and watch this. Revelation 1, 6 says, And He has made us kings and priests. Now hold a second here. He does not bring you into His kingdom as a subject. Remember we started with Colossians 1, 13? He has translated us into royalty. Not just brought us into His kingdom where we get to kind of hang around like a bad smell, waiting for heaven. God, I'm sorry I'm so pathetic. God, I'm sorry I'm such a spiritual loser. But God, 
I'll be true, Lord, to Thee. I'll be true, Lord, to Thee. And no matter the cost, I will count it loss. I'll be true, dear Lord, to Thee. I don't know why I sing those songs with an American accent, but it just fits. Jesus, use me, and oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. That was pretty good. That was almost yodeling. (laughs) Even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, I'll work for you. And, yeah, thanks. They're all the recent members of Metro Clapping. I've never heard that before. Some of the other ones are there going, God, they're all right. Listen, think about it. He doesn't translate you into the kingdom as a subject. That'd be good, wouldn't it? I get to be in his kingdom and he rules. I'm going, yes. But I never realised that he steps it up. He says, I'm not bringing you into my kingdom as just a subject, someone who serves, someone who obeys, someone who does, someone who pleases, like you're some kind of servant, but at least you get to live in my house. He says, you know what? I'm translating you into my kingdom as a king. And I go, what kind of a weird kingdom's that that's full of kings? Huh? What kind of a weird kingdom is it where everybody in it is a king? That's a weird kingdom. He's made us kings, plural. So that means I've got the DNA of heaven, even though I've been raised in the culture of sinners, even though I've been raised in an environment where sin's just normal, where kind of all kinds of stuff is just the way life goes. And then I come to Jesus and He goes, guess what? Boom, I'm translating you into royalty. What about if I told you today that you, we did a DNA test and discovered that you're descended from the royal line of Habsburgs, which I'm assuming is a royal line, but I've heard about it. It's something. You're a direct descendant of, I don't know, Henry VIII. Oh, no, maybe not. Um, (laughs) You're Bertie's long lost relative. That's Prince Albert, the consort of Queen Victoria. And you're from there. I guarantee you'd be going around telling everyone, guess what? Do you know what? Royal blood flows through these veins. Next time a mosquito bit you, you'd go, oh, enjoy the royal blood. (laughs) You'd go to work to... The next week, instead of just sitting at your desk going, oh God, it's Monday, you'd go, God, I'm born for kingship. I have royal blood. Well, the Bible says that's what you are. He's made us kings and priests. And here's the truth. You belong where your DNA positions you. You belong where your DNA. If, if I was born Italian, and I really think I should have been, um, you know, it's not a, an envy thing. I just go, I, I don't understand how this white boy, you know, who thinks that Aussie food's pretty bland. I, I think I've often said I should have been either Italian or Chinese or Japanese. 
or any one of the other nationalities with great food. Huh? And I, and I think about that and I go, but you know what? I'm positioned where I am because my DNA has put me there. And this Bible says you've got a new DNA. Let me listen, hear it again. You belong where your new DNA positions you. You're in the kingdom of God. You belong there. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Come team. I pray this morning that when you get up tomorrow morning, you go off to that job or you get off to do whatever you got to do on that Monday. I pray that you from your heart will start to say, God, I'm somebody with different DNA and I'm going to start living according to that. I imagine that if I discovered tomorrow that I was part Japanese. Who knows? I reckon I'd be starting to investigate sumo. I'd be, I'd be down at the local sushi bar and go, this is my food. This is my stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm 10% Japanese. And they'd look at me and go, yeah, whatever. Or oh, whoever you say that in Japanese. Huh? But I reckon most people who do the DNA test start moving closer towards what the DNA said. Huh? We all want to move closer to this DNA, don't we? Huh? So it says, I've got the DNA of hope. Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope. I don't know about the rest of you here. I find hope, it's not hard work, but I've got to make the switch to go, no, no, this is my nature. This is who I am. Of course I hope. Of course I love. Of course I have faith because it's my DNA. Michael, please come. Jesus is at the centre of it all. Let's sing it for a minute and recognise that DNA from heaven has come into our life. Just stay seated a minute. I want you just to take a minute because I pray that this won't be another message in a series. Tonight, by the way, I'm finishing off the part three of the Spirit of the Kingdom. I'm going to talk about things like don't build a barbed wire bridge. That's at five. Every service is different. But I want you to take a minute just while we're sitting there. Please, can we do this this morning? Again, I feel like there's some of you sitting here going, can we just take a spiritual DNA test this morning? Am I born again? Is Jesus my Lord and Saviour? Then I belong in His place. Yeah, but Jeff, but Jeff, you don't understand. I think like this and I go, yeah, well, we all have stuff that we think according to the old DNA. Let's let God do something fresh in our, come on, let's sing it, thanks.
life. Let's let it resonate. Yes, Lord. It will always be. It's always been you, Jesus. The most amazing thing about this DNA shift in our life is that everybody here will tell you it didn't start with a behaviour shift. It didn't start with an appearance shift. It didn't start with us going, I'm going to try and be like a Christian. Any more than being like Mike would have done that for any kid on a playground, a basketball court. You just know that's never going to happen. You need a DNA change. Exactly the same way our receiving Christ, because that's what the Bible says is what makes the shift. Stop believing God's there. That's like saying to me, if I believe Michael Jordan's real, I can play like him. No, sorry. It's got to be a receiving of DNA. If I somehow rather got his DNA, I guess I could do it. The Bible says it's receiving Jesus. It's receiving Him. John 1 verse 12, to as many as received Him. Maybe you hear this morning go, Jeff, I'm on the outside looking in, but I wish I was on the inside. I wish I had that in my life. I wish Jesus was my Lord. Maybe you know about Jesus, but you've never received Him. You can do that this morning, right where you are. It's that easy to say yes to Jesus. Can I get every head bowed, every eye closed for a minute? I don't know you all, but I do know that every service, there are people here that are saying, Jeff, I need to say yes to Jesus. Jeff, I need to say to Christ, come into my life. I want you to live inside of me and bring that change from the inside out. I want my sin forgiven. I want a destination, but I need your constitution, your makeup inside of me. And if that's you this morning, for whatever reason it is, maybe you've never heard this before, or maybe you've heard it, but never responded, or maybe you responded, but left it by the side of the road. And now today you say, no, I really want to start afresh with Jesus. If that's you, so I can pray with you right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to help you. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and put it back down again? So I'll, I'll see it and I'll pray with you right where you are and help you this morning. Thank you right up the back. That's gorgeous. That's great. Who else? Just wherever you are. You say, thank you down there. God bless you. Who else? Just wherever you are. You say, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to help you this morning. You say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus like that. I want to say yes to Jesus this morning. You're not joining this church. You're saying yes to Jesus. Is there anybody else like that before I pray? I'm grateful for those people who said yes to Jesus today. But I want to make sure I'm helping you make that step if you need to today. Then we're going to pray together. And if you lifted your hand, you can say this prayer after me. Everyone's going to say it with you because we want to encourage you. 
We want to be a part of this great moment in your life. Say this prayer to Jesus after me. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me because I matter to You. I want You in my life from today on. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You don't need to pray this, but I'm going to pray for you. Father, thank You for those people and for the others that are watching via YouTube or listening to the podcast. And right where they are driving, listening right now, sitting at a desk somewhere, sitting at a study somewhere, watching it on their TV at home, somehow or other. God, I pray that today, as they've said yes to You, I know that heavenly DNA has changed their life. Because Lord, You never said if we'd prove it, You never said if we worked at it, if we showed we were faithful, You said, if You open the door, I will come in. So thank You for that today in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 Let's give those people a great big hand. Jesus at the centre of it all. Uh, Here's a couple of great things I'd love you to do from this moment on. Obviously, one is, you know, start talking to Jesus. That'd be a good start. Uh, You know, He's not asking you to pray prayers. He wants to be your friend. That's what He told the disciples in John 15. You're my friends. So talk to Him. Read His Word. If you don't know how to do that, or if you go, I don't have a Bible, go to our Connect Hub. They'll give you one for free. Better still would be to text YES, 0488-826-392. Tomorrow morning or the day after you do it, on one screen of your smartphone, you'll get a Scripture. It comes from our church, not doesn't come from some third party. It's from us. And so you can trust it. And the Scripture will come to you, a different one every day for 30 days, or a, a, unless you opt out. And along with that Scripture is a short prayer that you can pray and make yours. So many people have done this over the last year or so, and it's profoundly brought Jesus into a greater reality for their life. 488 Don't have to remember the number. These slips are out there. Or just talk to someone at the Connect Hub. And that would be just so absolutely beautiful. Fantastic.